the People Show. It is Josh Elliott Wolf filling in for Vic Nazar today, taking the day off, rest and recuperation. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, but it is the People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf, Dominic Tremati here with me as well. Did you say coward? Hey, he's a coward. Oh, fair enough. Seahawks lose. You can't face the music. Well, that's true. Uh, Victor Gaucher also here. And you can get your text in. 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. Dunbar Lumber with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center, or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. And we are coming to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Lot to get into today. Tim McAuliffe is going to join us in a few minutes. We're going to get into the Shohei Otani situation, the debacle that was Friday and Saturday in baseball. You got played. I got played. Not you, you, but no, like the I general got you. I got played. Jays fans got played. All of Canada, to an extent, got played. A lot of people enjoyed it more than others, though. Um, and the dude. Shohei Otani ends up with the Dodgers, seven hundred million over ten years. You well, would think, yeah, but actually, it's twenty million over ten years, and then for ten years after that, he gets sixty-eight million dollars per year. Uh, this just came out, by the way. Reported details of the contract: essentially, he's deferring sixty-eight million every season, so that after this contract is over, he gets sixty-eight million per year after that and it's supposed to help the Dodgers kind of work their way through this Otani probably doesn't care because he has a bunch of sponsors he's going to make enough money anyway and also at the end of this he'll just move back to Japan tax rates a little bit better and he'll end up getting more take-home cash so everything worked out great for the Dodgers Blue Jays however not so great uh we'll get into all of that with Tim McAuliffe in a couple minutes uh, did want to get some football talking real quick too. The debate of the day has been the Kadarius Tony incident, which if you didn't see late in the game last night, uh, or yesterday afternoon between the Bills and the Chiefs, Bills had a three-point lead. Chiefs were driving. Looks like Mahomes throws it to Kelsey, who throws a lateral to Kadarius Tony. They get the touchdown. It was an amazing play. And then, flag on the play, Kadarius Tony was offside. And if you look at the play, and just like the beginning of it when they showed it on the broadcast, and you see the line of scrimmage line that's on the on the broadcast, it looked like he was very offside. And even just looking at like how he lined up with the ball, very offside. More details are coming out today about how it all went down. Also, if you didn't see, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, both were very, very upset with the call, which if you were a viewer like me, I was like, why are you so upset? It's uh, He was clearly offside. But today, video comes out that Tony did check what, what receivers usually do is they'll check with the line judge and they'll, they'll make sure they're lined up. There was video that he did check. I don't know if it was a great full confirmation, but that's being used as evidence that, hey, maybe he... Maybe he tried to do what he should to make sure he was on side, but the ref didn't give him confirmation one way or the other. And also, um, apparently, according to some reports, Tony was lined up offside 
a lot throughout the game, which isn't an excuse. It is just something that happened. So it's, I can see why they'd be mad that it eventually gets called late in the game at a crucial moment. But man, you got to take care of yourself. You got to make sure you are on side. And Kadarius Tony didn't in the instant. And it came back to bite him. I think it was the right call. I don't like now that we know that, hey, maybe Tony was lined up offside more throughout the game. I can kind of see why Mahomes and Andy Reid were a little upset. I still don't I still don't really agree with it. I think it was very clearly offside, but that's my take on it. I uh, get your text in 650-650. Uh, Justin and East fan will read this text. Will Josh be eating the family size lasagna on the air today? Not today. Not today. I got to really prepare for it. Uh, let's welcome in our next guest. It is Tim McAuliffe of Sportsnet. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore McAuliffe. Uh, thanks for taking the time, Tim. Have you fully recovered from Otani Watch on uh, on Friday and Saturday yet? No, not really. Uh, I think we're all in a similar place, those who are Jays fans, where you know you, you build yourself up from the from the fact that you would probably never believe that that would happen to maybe sort of believing only to be let down again. I think there's this one will take a little while uh, for most folks who follow hell sports in Canada, uh, <laughs> because it yeah. seems like anytime any uh, big free agent comes on the market, uh, Canadian teams have a tough time getting that player. And even when they get that player, uh, as many know in, in every part of Canada, it doesn't always work out that way. Mark Messier. Ah, man. Ah, man. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hey, I, there's more <laughs> all over the place. Every city has them. For sure. Uh, I do. So you mentioned, like, I think everyone had some kind of internal meter for confidence, I guess. Like, a lot of Jays fans leading up to it were like, ah, no way. He's signing with the Dodgers. And then Friday happens, and it felt like it was very imminent that he was going to be a Blue Jay. I personally was confident enough to say that. I would eat a family-sized lasagna in one sitting if he didn't sign with the Jays, and now I have to pay that debt. Were you still yeah, skeptical on uh, on I Friday heard. night? Or, or yeah, you... there was a part of me that was replaying the, the Kawhi Leonard yeah. um, when when the day that uh, that had uh, local newscasts having a helicopter follow a car into a ritzy area in Toronto only to have someone else get out of that car that they thought was Kawhi Leonard. Memories of those moments were dancing in my mind, and I felt bad for the young journalist that got caught up in the moment, uh, having not remembered what happened uh, with that one historic day in Toronto uh, when almost the exact same thing happened, where people were following a flight and then following a car only to have it be someone else. And the fact that it was someone from the Dragon's Den is just uh, like a cherry on top of all of it. Though I've heard since, I don't know if you heard this, that he is also represented by CAA, which is the same company that represents Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a little bit of, perhaps that was a little bit of a plant. Maybe, maybe they knew what they were doing all along. Yeah, I was going to ask, actually, like, do you buy into those conspiracies? I don't like, it seems like a lot for me, like a guy traveling back to Canada, I can just see it happening. Um, but do you think that maybe Otani's agency had a bit more of a orchestrating than they maybe led on? Uh, no, I think what happened in the end was Otani had an offer from the Jays in the table that was 
if you believe the reports now, uh, competitive, and the Dodgers blew it away. And the Dodgers did, I don't know, like over the last little while, as we, as we continue to see more, Jeff Passing just tweeting out moments ago um, that most of this money is deferred, like a ridiculous amount of this money is deferred. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, his, of his $700 million contract, uh, he has uh, only paid $2 million a year for the next 10 seasons with $680 million deferred to the end of the deal. Like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. Never mind the $700 million. None of us in North American sport have ever seen anything like that. But if what Jeff Passan is reporting, and he is among the best in the business, when Jeff Passan reports it, you can almost write it down in pen. Uh, you, can, you can put a family-sized lasagna on it. Who um, would? Who would, though? Not me. <laughs> But if if all that is the case, obviously this is just something that uh, he couldn't refuse. He, he already wanted to be in Southern California to start. Um, L.A. worked for him. It's just this was this to me seemed like there was no nefarious things going on. It was just the Godfather deal, and and he had to be in on it. There's no how many players would actually defer six hundred and eighty million dollars. Like how many players could defer? <laughs> how many players could get six hundred? But to defer. Six hundred and eighty million. There's a confidence that other money will be coming in. There's a confidence that you think that the team around you can be built to a certain level. Like this saves them a ton of money. Is able to surround them better. I just think it was a it was an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah, it's just essentially like he's he's not even on the books to an extent until he until he's actually yeah. out of contract. It it's wild. Um, but a lot of the talk so south of the border. At least when it happened, was that hey Otani going to the Dodgers? It's good for baseball. It's good for the sport. Which to me, like, it doesn't make sense. Not even if he like wasn't going to the Jays, but just in general, it feels like the Dodgers were always going to be an amazing team this year. They were going to have a lot of attention. Does it not make it better for baseball if he was to go to a team like the Blue Jays and they get more international attention, or or even another smaller than LA market team? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, what they paid Otani is going to be more than two opening day rosters this year, probably, right? Like an entire roster is going to get paid less than one guy. There are, what, three to four teams that can pay this? And I, I get that there are those. In, listen, I think what, what you heard from south of the border is a typically American insular idea on what their sports is and the idea of the best player in the world not being American is already hard enough for them to swallow. The idea of that best player in baseball playing outside the United States would be even tougher for them to swallow. And I think that's what you're hearing. For the health of baseball long-term, they need more than just the United States. They need more than just three or four teams. I understand that there are many Canadians who follow the EPL who follow the premiership and understand that that model works in the premiership, but there's also relegation and promotion. And in baseball, there's no relegation and promotion. And so for me to have four teams go into every year with a huge advantage with no sacrifice or no, um, you know, not even sacrifice with no ability to lose teams with with no risk of not spending, it, it makes it even worse. So where do the, you know, we already know where they're at, but where do the Kansas City Royals, where do the Pittsburgh, where do the small market, Tampa Bay 
um, Rays, who are a good franchise, who consistently put a good team that can compete on on the field, where do they stand? Like I, that that has to do with you know a lot of why, and I think baseball is going to be up uh, up for a real big awakening when a lot of these local TV deals run dry because there's no chance in a Pittsburgh, there's no chance in an Oakland, there's no chance. Uh, in a Vegas until they pour huge money in. There's no chance, even in Tampa, where they've done it right, where everything you could possibly say about the team has been done right, and yet they, you know, struggle to get to the to the promised land. Uh, to me, it, it it would have been a real good thing for baseball, but I know why Americans say it wouldn't have been because they're just very insular. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think the solution is to that then? Because there, there's been talk about hey, like baseball needs a salary cap or a salary floor and and to an extent maybe a salary cap like do you think that solves the issues that they're facing right now yeah i I don't there's so many layers to that that i don't know that i have the answer to it i do think a more punishing luxury tax like the reason why Shohei otani just deferred 680 million dollars is because the dodgers won't have to pay as much money on the luxury tax so the other part of this is Without a floor, like I, I think there should be a floor. I also think that the teams at the bottom have to have some sort of incentive to spend any sort of. There, there is absolutely zero incentive. Get the money that you're getting from the, you know, the richest teams in the league, pocket it, and watch your franchise value grow. Now, if there was a relegation, then the Kansas City Royals, the Pittsburgh. Uh, um, Pittsburgh Pirates would have to spend money. Uh, but at this point, there is no incentive whatsoever other than to get a few more butts in the seats to spend money. And even then, a lot of them are very wary of, of spending the money until the team's good, and those teams just never get good. You can throw Cincinnati in that mix. You can throw Tampa. You can throw whoever you want in that mix. It is the People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf joined by Sportsnet's Tim McAuliffe here. Um, looking on the bright side for Jays fans, how encouraging is it that the Jays were at least one of the finalists in this, or is it encouraging at all that like hey, I don't know. just used for leverage and that's it? Yeah, I don't. I, I think that there is like uh, a massive "what's next" brewing among Jays fans, right? Like, I think what Shohei Otani represented to not only Jays fans but Jays management, who are trying to rebuild the trust of their fans after a couple of you know quick dropouts and, and a couple of, uh, you know, they've made the playoffs, give, give them that credit, but they haven't won a game in the playoffs. And I think the way it ended last year, Shohei Otani represented a lot. And, and most of it was a rebuilding of trust from Jay's management to Jay's fans. And I don't know that Cody Bellinger does that. Like, I don't know that the next, you know, um, big left-handed bat, third baseman and left fielder, Whoever they get, even if it was best on market, is going to repair that for Jay's management. I think there's there's a long, hard road to rebuilding kind of the trust and getting back to the idea that, yes, ownership had $600 million plus on the table for Shohei Otani, and that should show a fan something. I just don't know that the fans give a bleep. I think what they wanted was wins, and the opportunity to get as many as possible. And in the end, that's what Shohei Otani represented. Not only the greatest player on planet Earth, 
but more wins for a team that seemingly was on the cusp. The word that I've been kind of throwing around in regards to the upcoming season for the Jays and when it comes to being a Jays fan is it just feels like there's going to be a lot of apathy towards how the season goes just because you miss out on Otani, the Yankees get Soto, you know they're going to be better. And it just doesn't feel like the Jays have the horses. And to your point, like regardless of who you bring in, unless you make this huge trade that doesn't even seem like it's, it's feasible right now because whatever player they trade for might not actually be on the market, um, but unless you right. make a trade like that, it just doesn't feel like right. they're going to be able to get fans super invested into this upcoming season. Yeah, I would agree. The only thing that I would add to that is that in baseball, play well, you make the playoffs. And the regular season actually kind of sort of means something. So I, I, and in a division like the American League East, kind of every game counts. All the teams are pretty good. I think I think there will be a little bit of apathy, but wins and losses are either going to turn this fan base on its ear with how mad it gets and quickly at this management team, or maybe maybe we're good enough. Maybe maybe this is the long term gain. And and you know, in hockey and it, like where basketball, where the regular season means almost next to nothing to the best teams in the league. I think the the regular season still has a little bit of meaning in 162, even if they've got a bunch of wild cards. Uh, a lot of pressure on the Jays this offseason. Yes. Hey, Tim, yeah. uh, appreciate you taking the time. Thanks for this. Have a good one. Hey, anytime, Josh. Good talking to you. There is Tim McAuliffe of Sportsnet. You can follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore McAuliffe. It just dawned on me. Uh, just dawned on you. through Twitter and listening to you. Uh, nice. Uh, talking to Tim there. Thank you for Tim to joining us today. Mm-hmm. Shohei Otani after income taxes is making just shy of a million dollars per year in salary. Just shy. So he's under a million. It's 51% in the state of California. Okay. So yeah, like barely under, but yeah, that's in, I like, I just don't get <laughs> Shohei Otani. I just don't get how it's allowed. You know what I mean? It's like in the rule I, book. Yeah. I get why he would do it. And I get why the Dodgers would do it. Yeah. I get it from both sides. But if you're a fan of any other team, you're like, man, like, what the hell? You just got this player, you signed him to this crazy contract, and now you don't even have to pay him? You're going to be able to go out and, like, add more? Yeah. You're the Dodgers already. You don't need to add more. There's Article 16 from the uh, MLB rulebook, deferred compensation. There is no limitations on either the amount of deferred compensation or the percentage of total compensation attributed to deferred compensation for which a uniform player's contract may provide. So they could literally defer uh all of it. All like 69 million down to the dollar and you could pay them a dollar a year. Yeah. If if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So Just, they're they're being generous by being yeah. like, "Hey, here's 2 million per year." Yeah, it's insane. And it's something that like baseball has all these outdated things that just make fans of especially other sports who are trying to get into baseball, they have all these outdated rules and and the way their salary cap work, like there's no salary cap, it's just a luxury tax and the salary floor, they don't have one. It makes it hard for casual fans to try to get into the sport because it's just it's so difficult if you're like Tim McAuliffe was mentioning, like if you're a paper pirates fan, don't be. Yeah, just don't be. But that's the thing. It's like, how are you going to grow this sport if it, it's almost feeling like EPL? I was just going to say, look at the Premier League, biggest league in the world. Yeah. Most popular league in the world doesn't have this problem. 
but they also have relegation, right? Yeah. And that that's what Tim was mentioning as well. Is like, hey, there's something on the line if you suck. Yeah. But in baseball, if you suck, it's like, ah, oh, what? We're gonna gift you we'll, a good player. We'll see you next year. Yeah. Um, and that's just it's it's frustrating. And I almost feel like the Tampa Bay Rays, notorious for not spending money, but notorious for also still being very good while not spending money, are almost bad for baseball as well. Because other teams, again, like the Pirates, like the Reds, all those small market teams look at it and they say, oh, we don't have to spend a lot on the field. We can get a good analytics team, get some good uh, front office people and make a run at this. It's, uh, I don't know, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, 650-650, Dunbar Lumber text line. Um, This one uh, how does deferring the compensation benefit the player? He could use that money for investments. He's going to get more take-home money because he's going to be in a different residence at the time the contract is over. Um, so that's that's the benefit, really. And listen, like Shohei Otani, is, he's not going to be worried about money uh, at all. This one, Corey the Carpenter, why would he defer the $680 million to the 10th year? Why not take that in the first year so he has his money and then make $2 million for the last Taxes. nine years? Also, the Dodgers aren't going to be like, here's six hundred and eighty million. Yeah, um, but they will gladly pay him sixty-eight million after his contract is over because assume you assume by the end of that they've won a couple World Series, maybe a few, and maybe and it's, it's all worth for, it. It's not a for sure. Dude. We Look, do get Mike a text. Trout and is, yeah. is well, the goat, and, and but the Angels are also there's a reason Otani isn't on the I Angels know. anymore. Um, this one, man, imagine if the Dodgers don't contend for the 10 years that Otani is under contract. They'll contend. They'll contend. There's no way they don't contend. Here's what I will say, though. The Atlanta Braves have a lot of guys locked up for a long time. They're, and and, and won once. Yeah. But also, it's baseball. It's really hard. It's really hard to win. But also, they play. They both play in the NL. Yeah. It's like there there is competition. The Dodgers aren't going to steamroll to no. a World Series. So we got the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets are going to be good this year. Mm-hmm. Uh Diamondbacks are good. Well, we'll see. Like but yeah, there there's always teams that come up and yeah. just because you sign the best guy in the offseason and you you have an insane amount of money doesn't mean you're going to win. We saw it with the Mets last year. They they put all their money into Verlander and Yeah, Scherzer. that's the other thing. You could you could spend big on a on a team and it it can just blow up in your face. Yeah. But also at the same time, the more you spend, the more likely you are to win. Uh 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. We're going to talk hockey on the other side. We are. I wanted to stop you cuz I think we can fit in a quick uh guess the lines here before we go to break. Oh, let's get some lines. <laughs> okay. It. It's time. <laughs> An impromptu guess the lines. Victor, yeah. hit the ticker. I'm very, very bad at this, but I believe in me. That's why it's so fun. <laughs> I disagree. Uh, well, let's do it. Let's start with the Thursday nighter. It's Chargers Raiders. Obviously, no Herbert. No Justin Herbert. Hmm. Uh, the Raiders just played an amazing game yesterday, losing to the Vikings three nothing. Three nothing. Um, is it in Vegas? It's in Vegas. God, I don't even know where to like. I, I want to say Raiders by two and a half. Oh. That's the closest you've been. Raiders I've gotten one three. right before. Have you? Raiders minus three? Yeah. Okay. Uh, your Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. At the Cincinnati. So, here's the thing. At the what? <laughs> at the Cincinnati. 
Uh, the thing is, Jefferson is questionable. The Vikings quarterback situation is ultra questionable. Um, Bengals, Jake Browning has actually looked pretty good. I'm going to say Bengals by five. Oh, no. Mm. Uh, Bengals minus three and a half. Mm. Yeah. Too generous. Too generous. Vikings defense is pretty good. Uh, this is an interesting one. Broncos at Lions. Lions reeling a little bit. Broncos at Lions. Broncos are pretty hot lately, too. I'm still going to say Lions by... Uh, Lions by... Lions by... Let's do four and a half. Oh! Was it five? It was five. Ah! Yeah. Oh. I know. I'm right around it. You're, you are so close. I'm feeling like Vic Nazar today. Uh, Dialed in. The surging Chicago Bears against the Cleveland Browns, led by Joe Flacco. Uh, Browns by seven. Really? Yeah. Try again. Try again? Try again. Is it is it much less than that? Yes. I was just being bold. Browns by... Uh, <laughs> it's not even Browns. It's Bears. The Bears no, are no, favored? No, no, no. You were right. Okay. Browns by three. Oh. Three and a half. You're you're just always half off. Well, except for when I you're said like seven. a good Black Friday sale. Good one. I, I really wanted more than that. We're near into Boxing Day. Uh, this <laughs> is a big line. Uh, Chiefs at Patriots. Chiefs at Patriots. Chiefs by nine and a half. Ooh, baby! Oh yeah, yeah. End on a make. Good job. We're Josh. done. We're Good done. Job. You well could be done. lying to me, and I would. I, oh, yeah, I'm just yeah. never gonna check. No, it is not enough. Okay. Good job. To get one, I'm yeah. happy. And you were really close. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it is the People Show. Josh Elliott Wolf, uh, Dominic Schermatti, Victor Gosher here as well. On the other side, we're gonna get into some Andre Kuzmenko talk. Jim Rutherford had some comments. He spoke to Ian McIntyre in print. Um, I'll read it out to you. And if you want to imagine it's Jim Rutherford, we can do that. We'll do it on the other side. It is the people show here on Sportsnet 650.